Welcome to Maybe You're Interested, but probably not, a weekly podcast where we discuss topics in culture, questions from scripture, or things that we just find humorous or interesting. This podcast is brought to you by Northview Church in Kodak, Tennessee, and you can reach out to us anytime by visiting our website at www.mynorthview.church. Thanks for joining us. And now, on to this week's episode. Well, hello and welcome to Maybe You're Interested, but Probably Not, a podcast of Northview Church. I am Greg Raines, the lead pastor of Northview Church, and I'm joined here by Miss Megan Kate. She's the worship leader for Northview Church. Hey, Megan, tell us a little bit of something about your family and maybe about your daughter. Well, um, I'm married to Jesse Kate, and we have an 11-month-old daughter. Well, she's not 11 months old yet. She will be next week but something interesting about her would be that she really likes to growl at people which she gets that from jesse exactly but yeah she's got a really funny personality awesome we're also joined by jesse kate or mr megan kate however you want to say it jesse's our lead deacon (laughs) in northview church he's also our director of student ministries jesse tell us a little bit of something about your family who is also Megan's family, but something different about your family and your kid. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on here. And second of all, can we cut that first part where you said Mrs. Megan Kate? Absolutely. I Megan said Mister. Oh, yeah. well, I guess <laughs> that's not, better. We're not cutting um, Yeah, so my name is Jesse Kate. Um, I'm married to Megan. Um, and my favorite thing about our daughter, Ellie, um, is in the mornings whenever I go to wake her up, she's got the biggest smile on her face, and it makes my day every day. Um, so that's probably, I would say, the most interesting thing for me. Yeah. Is it like my two-year-old Caroline who goes crazy and then she comes and gives you a kiss and you're like, oh, it's worth it. Yeah. A, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Leave it to Jesse to say the sweet thing about our family and me to say the weird stuff. Yeah. The moms are always the most honest. That's why you're on here tonight, that's true. Megan. So. That's true. <laughs> also joined by Mr. Scott Blair. Scott's an elder of Northview Church and is married to Amanda and has a little boy. So, Scott, tell us a little bit of something about your family, if you don't mind. Yeah, as you said, I'm married to Amanda. We've been married for 18 years. And um, Brady is getting ready to start school, and he's the only kid that I know of who is extremely excited to start kindergarten. For now. And excited to ride the yellow bus. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, awesome. Every time he sees one, he's... I'm going to school. I'm going to big school, is what he says. Oh, Very cool. Going to big school. So Very cool. Yeah. Well, we uh, want to explore some topics here on this podcast that are sometimes difficult topics, sometimes just some fun topics. I think tonight's topic is going to be somewhere in between. With all that's going on right now in our, our society, with the pandemic that we've been facing, with um, the economic issues that are going on, with the societal unrest that we've seen recently, um, Raising kids in all of this uh, probably gives us some fears, some wonders about what's going to happen, because I'm not sure that things are ever going to go back to the way they were before this all started. And during all this is when our kids, even at a young age, um, especially for Scott and, and I, Ellie's a little bit younger, but they're starting to develop their worldviews and they're, they're developing their worldviews in the middle of chaos right now. So our big question that we're going to ask tonight and seek to answer, but we probably won't succeed, we're going to try, is how do we navigate parenting in the chaos of today's world? 
So as we deal with a pandemic and all these economic issues and civil unrest on top of everything else, what are some fears that you all have as a parent for your kids' futures or for what it looks like down the road? And anyone can speak that would like to. You know, I, I was looking at this question and I was just thinking about um, when I was a kid and some of the fears we had. And I don't know if you guys remember, you're a little younger than me, but uh, do you remember the, um, the bomb drills in school? You used to run and get under your desk and you would, you know, we'd do them all the time or tornado drills, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, And they became normal, so to speak. It wasn't out of fear, I think, for for a time. Um, So I kind of think about that as I think about what Brady is experiencing right now. And we just try to keep it as normal as possible. You know, we're not trying to create fear out of what's going on. And, and we've used, um, you know, he knows of the virus. So we say he likes to go to the, the, to the, the jump house or the trampoline park. You know, we say we can't go. And he'll say, why don't I say because of the virus. Now he doesn't know what the virus is, but you know, at some point in time, he's going to have questions about what that is. And at the appropriate time, we'll answer those questions as to what the virus is or all that's going on. So, um, for me, it's scary as an adult trying to shield them from some of that. Um, but for them, uh, I just try to create some normalcy of what's going on. I don't think they're, especially young children, they're at the age where they can understand and comprehend what we do as adults. Um, so just creating that normalcy is, is all I'm trying to do. Yeah. How about you, Jesse? Yeah. And just to kind of speak to Scott's point, I mean, you had some really good points there, but for me with Ellie not being as old, um, I guess really the thing that I think of is creating that normal and that safe space for her. Um, she's going to look to me and Megan for that. Um, so if we can continue to kind of keep our calm and um, stay centered in what we need to stay centered in. Um, and for us, it kind of comes back, you know, I know this is a church podcast, but I'm already hitting home here. But uh, <laughs> this is for later in the podcast. I know, maybe. Go, I know, ahead. Go ahead. I know. But I mean, it comes back to, you know, we have our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And um, at the end of the day, you know, we understand that he's in control um, and, and we just want to raise Ellie how he wants us to raise Ellie, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Megan, you got anything to add to that? Well, I mean, Jesse kind of took my answer. We were looking at the questions for what we were going to be talking about tonight. And uh, Jesse asked me, you know, I was like, I don't know what to say for these questions. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, it says, what are your fears as a parent during this time? And honestly, maybe it's because of her age, but I just don't, I don't have a lot of fears based on what's going on in the world because at the end of the day, like Ellie is going to be raised in our home and for right now, I know things will change when she gets older, but for right now, like, what happens in our home, that's her world right now. And as long as we're guiding her the, the, way, the way that we feel is best, I think that's all we can do. Yeah. So. Well, I guess I have the oldest child at the table, right? Eight years yeah. old. And in school. In school. Well, not you say you're recently, the person at the table? Uh, no, that'd be Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. By 30 days. Still counts. <laughs> Anyways. Um, I've been wondering recently, and maybe you guys can can speak some wisdom into this, um, how much should we expose our kids to, and what is the appropriate age? Because Braxton, he already knows about coronavirus. He'll ask questions about it, um, and then with the, the 
civil unrest that's going on. Braxton's biracial, so I, I fear that he may have some issues with that as he grows older um, with, with the environment that we're in, especially right now in our country. So, so what's your guys' thoughts? How much and when should we start exposing our kids to that? And we'll start with Jesse on that. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I, and not having as much experience as you or Scott, um, to me, I think it's kind of a natural thing that'll just kind of come when it comes um, a little bit. I mean, obviously, I want my goal as a parent is to have Ellie as prepared as possible whenever she steps into the quote unquote real world. Um, but things like that, I, I just think you kind of let it come when it comes and, and kind of tackle that issue whenever you get there. Um, I may be way off base, but I've only been doing this for 10 months. So, you know, <laughs> you're that, doing a good job my, at it. That's kind of my thought on it, but yeah. I don't know if Megan has anything. You got any deeper wisdom on that, Megan? Um, well, just being a teacher and seeing kids on a day to day basis and the, their worldviews like especially now I think with social media and being so like attached to technology the way kids are you you've got to start talking about it younger just because they're exposed to it at such a young age Um, and I think just being honest with your kids about what's going on and just pointing them back to the Lord in everything and any question that they have um, I just I think ultimately that's that's what I would strive to do. Yeah. How about you, Scott? You got any advice on that? <clears throat> you know, I think there's two ways you can answer this question. Um, one is for children who are in school or older and children who are still in the bubble of your home. Uh, you can control what they're exposed to. Right. Uh, children who are in school, uh, you can only control so much of what right. they're exposed to. They're going to get exposed to everything. Um, so going back to, I think, what Megan said is, at the age before school, uh, raising them to understand the gospel and to um, put that in in them um, will be how they react to a lot of that stuff. Um, and so I think it's difficult. The older you get, uh, the older these children get, the more and more they're going to be exposed to, especially with the internet and, and people talking at school, kids talking right. at school. Um, but just having, uh, as a parent, creating a safe space for children to ask questions um, and feel comfortable doing so, um, I think is the key for us as parents uh, to be able to, to offer that and to do that. Yeah. Now, one of my biggest concerns with Braxton, especially because he is the older one, you know, Caroline's only two, but Braxton being eight years old, he's in school. He's He hears things all the time and it, it shocks me how much you hear in second grade and he'll come home and, and say things and we're like, well, where'd you hear that? Um, but he has, he's seen me watch the news. He, he sees what's going on. So I'm afraid of shielding him too much. I want him to be fully exposed to it so that he can begin to, even at eight years old, understand and have those conversations. So we sat down the other day and I, I tried to talk to him about what's going on and um, talk to him about his background and him being biracial. And he was just totally clueless about what was going on. Um, and we talked about how, you know, sometimes people are, or look different but it's just a skin color and he, he he only knows there's only one other black kid in his school um and that's all he knows but it's one of his favorite kids so when we talk about those things and, and see how children are beginning to develop their world view i think the earlier you can the better but we still have to be careful about 
how much we expose them. You know, I didn't sit down and show Braxton any of the videos with what happened with the police officers. I haven't shown him any of the stuff with with the riots that are going on. He he hasn't seen. Well, he's probably seen a little bit of that while he's while I've been watching it, but but very little. I usually watch that after they go to bed. Um, but I believe probably the earlier the better and i don't know what age that would be because i'm definitely not showing my two-year-old that stuff Um, but my eight-year-old i believe he's ready to be exposed to that and maybe it's kid specific you know some kids can maybe handle it at an earlier age than other kids can i don't know um well i i've I've always been raised that the kid is going to learn it from somewhere and i would much rather them learn it in my house than from somebody yeah, that's else good. that's true um because you know we're gonna hopefully all of us are going to be teaching it from a, a scriptural worldview right and uh hopefully teaching them the right way although i'm positive that i've already messed this up at some point <laughs> during his life um, we just get better with the second kid right that's hopefully right. Yeah. yeah so saying that um our kids as they begin to grow older and and like i was telling y'all before we started i wish we had someone on here who who parented teenagers because this question would really maybe even apply to them more but they're beginning um as they get older in school to be exposed to opinions and viewpoints that maybe aren't even true um, definitely differ from what they're taught in the home Uh, What's your guys' thoughts on that? How much should we guard our kids from differing viewpoints? How much should we expose them to differing viewpoints? Are there any tips you have on how we should uh, help them to to navigate those differing viewpoints? We'll start with Megan on that one. Oh, my. Sorry, Megan. Um, Can I say that my answer from the last one is pretty much an answer to this one? Yeah, go for it. Just repeat it. Uh, Just honestly, I think... Scott, you were talking about having an open line of communication with your kids and letting them know that it's safe. They can ask you any questions that they need. Um, If you've got that with your kids, then they're going to come and ask you questions about other people's viewpoints and opinions. Um, And just being open and honest about it in your home, telling your kids what you believe and why you believe it, um, being scripturally based. I just think that that's it it starts in the home and no matter what your kids sees as long as they know that they can come back home and talk to their parent about it I think that that's a great thing to have so what are some practical tips I know we just blew right over you two guys unless you got something to add to that y'all I was just gonna say that because I don't have a teenager the only thing I can go back to is my raising and, um, you know, one thing that I took away from my parents raising me that I hope to instill into my child is the fact that my parents were, uh, particularly my mom, um, were really, uh, they allowed us to, 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 to be exposed to a lot of different things, movies, music, uh, to within a point, you right. know. Um, and I appreciated that because um, I didn't feel like I was kept in a bubble. And, um, you know, I, I knew I went to school with kids who, were kept in that bubbles, and um, I don't want to be a I don't want to be a naive parent. I don't want to be um, naive to the fact that my kid is is never going to do that or listen to that or you know any of those things. I, I want it to be um, what am I trying to say? I, I I just want to I want them to be exposed to a lot of different things. And you were talking about opinions and things. I want them to be 
exposed to different opinions, but I want them to be grounded in what they believe in. Yeah. Um, and I think it's okay for people to have different opinions. I, I think that's really a problem of what we're dealing with in the U S right now. It's okay to have a different opinion, yeah. you know, um, respect other people's opinions, but be grounded in what you believe in. And, um, that's what I want to, to create. Um, Brady is to be grounded in what he believes in. Um, but be respectful of what other people believe as well. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just want to say on that, you know, Scott talking about being able to experience some of those things. So I was a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum. Um, you know, my mom and dad were pretty strict growing up and um, couldn't watch MTV, couldn't watch Ren and Stimpy, uh, couldn't watch Captain Planet. Um, there was just a lot of things that we couldn't do and they wanted to shield us from it. And, you know, I respect them so much now for that. But, of course, whenever I'm 18, what do you want to do? You want to go do all the things that your mom and dad told you you can't do. So um, I, I think that, um, you know, whenever me and Megan kind of get to that point, um, and we've talked about this a little bit, obviously we're a long ways away, but um, kind of like Scott said earlier too, like we just want them, we want our kids to feel comfortable enough with our relationship to be able to come and talk to us about anything. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, I mean, my mom and dad did a great job. Um, you know, parenting us, me and my brother, um, because here I am today, and I, I'm a firm believer that I wouldn't be here without them. Megan could probably <laughs> tell you that for sure. So. Yeah, you know, talking about that differing opinions, um, that's one thing that I'm hoping to instill in our kids is mine and Christy's kids, not your kids. Uh, you can do that on your own if you agree with this, but I want to instill in them that a difference of opinion is okay. There are things that scripture doesn't speak to. Um, and, and it's okay when people have a difference of opinion on those. Even things in the church that Scripture doesn't specifically speak to that certain traditions in the church have ways of handling it. It's okay to have differences of opinion on that. But I, I'm hoping to instill in them that when Scripture does speak to it, then it's the final authority. Yeah. Um, and there is not room for difference of opinion on those things. Because the only truth we have, real truth, is the Scripture. Um, everything else is just opinions. Yeah. So, uh, the next question I've got on the list here is uh, kind of goes along with, with some of what we've already been talking about, but what are some tips um, for helping to, to set our kids up with a biblical foundation as they grow and they establish their worldview? And I know your child is not even walking yet. Is she, is she crawling yet? She's crawling okay. and she's trying to walk, but okay. she's, not, she's not there yet. Awesome. Well, it won't be long and then you'll wish she was still not walking because she'll be into everything <laughs> I kind of but she wasn't crawling honestly yeah <laughs> so so for you guys it, it's going to be something that you're planning for the future and maybe there's some things you're already doing with her um for for you you've got a how old is he five five. five like next week yeah um so maybe there's some things that you're already working on what are some tips you have for instilling that biblical foundation as your kids begin to grow up I want to tell you a funny story real quick. Go for it. So me and Megan do now. We try to uh, – Ellie loves books, so we try to read her oh, books yeah. all the time. Um, and most of them are biblical or books about Jesus. And uh, there's Like a, Bible Man stuff like no, that? No, not Bible You remember Bible, Bible Man? Man? Yeah. yeah, I do remember I Bible they Man. They still make Bible that Man. That was on the list of non-Kate exposure, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, anyways, she has this one little book. You know they have the ones that play music. Um, it's Jesus Loves Me. And every time that song comes on, she does the growl that Megan was talking about earlier. She goes, 
the entire time. So maybe it's a sign of affection. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I think not. I know Christy said this is totally off topic, but the other day she was with Caroline and. I think she was down the hall here in the bedroom, and Caroline said, I want to give Jesus a hug. And Christy's like, all right, go for it. <laughs> and she walks over and just air hugs nothing. And Christy's like, is she seeing something that I don't see? <laughs> so, so who knows? Cause so, some weird things happen with kids. But uh, yes, anyways, that's off time. topic. Sorry. But um, anyways, just to kind of get back to your question and get back on course here, um, the biggest thing I think for me uh, moving forward and what I want to do, um, at the end of the day, Ellie's going to come home and she's going to see how me and Megan are living our lives and how we're really living our lives. If we're spending time in the word, if we're spending time, you know, having quiet time and doing those things. And, um, you know, we want to get her as involved in church as we can, obviously. But um, to me, as parents, a lot of that falls on us and the example that we set for the kids, um, you know, you that's pretty much all I had. <laughs> That's kind of abrupt there. But. Yeah, well, I was going to I was going to start down another path and I was like, I better not. <laughs> I don't know where you're going, but we'll just leave it there. Yeah, we should. Scott, you got anything to add to that? You know, uh we we do the same thing. We we pray at night. Um we uh listen uh and watch or we you know, read Bible books. We also watch some little videos on kids YouTube, the biblical um um, videos and and uh, I think those are just really good foundation blocks. Um, obviously, you know, being involved in church, um, I think those are good things. Um, I just think back to again when I was young. Now we we kind of went to church on and off, um, but I remember as a young man, I was terrified to pray in public. You know, oh, yeah. that was just oh, and and it really came out when we were having a. a pray around the flagpole mm. and uh, one of the guys asked me to pray in front of the whole group there and I mean I about lost my cookies you know <laughs> um, and so you know Brady is going to be five and he's already uh, he prays out loud you know and, and he prays like real prayers I'm really impressed with yeah. how well he does you know yeah. um, and so just starting slow and putting in those those foundation blocks along the way, I think just really, really help. And, and the older they get, the easier, I think it, it will be. Um, again, it's kind of hard to, to say with a five-year-old and a, yeah. a yeah. young one, it's uh, but yeah. you know, that's just really all I know. And that, there's no manual with this, you know, oh, there's, there's no not. manual. So yeah, we're all going to do it different. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the weird pastor that we, we don't have a specific time that we sit down and we pray with them and we read scripture with them. We, my goal is to make it a part of everything that we do. And I don't yeah. succeed in that by any stretch of the imagination, but we're always talking about something to do with Jesus with, with both of them. Yeah. You know, well, if, if Braxton's outside and he sees a, a, a worm or something on the ground, then we'll talk about, you know, isn't that awesome how God created that worm to know how to dig into the dirt and, you know, whatever it may be. And we're trying to always instill um, I read a book a while back called Awe by Paul David Tripp, and, and that's what he talked about in it, that you want to instill in your kids a sense of awe of God, which so many people in the church have seemed to lost today. Or Did I say that? Yeah, I said that right. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. And, and like I say, we're all going to do it different. But, but kind of what I've got from you all before we hit this last question here is maybe we don't have – all the parenting answers that we set out to answer at the beginning of this, but we all have the same foundation of pointing it back to Jesus. 
in in however we choose to raise our children we want it to be a a biblical foundation is what the impression i get from you all anyways so as i as we close this just you don't have to spend a lot of time answering this just a couple of things if you have anything but what are some things that you do or that you wish that you did as you're beginning the process of discipling your kids and is there a specific thing you all are going to do and i'll start with an example of mine Uh, right before the pandemic started uh, braxton turned eight years old and we decided we were going to have man mondays and we were just going to go every monday morning for breakfast and we're just going to talk about jesus we're going to pray together we're going to read some scripture together and eat a biscuit that was that was the only goal um, we got to do it twice, and then school shut down. So Man Mondays, um, before school anyways, are on hiatus until August. But that's just one thing that I'm trying to do um, as I seek to disciple Braxton. So you have any tips you want to throw out there that you're hoping to do? Yeah, I'm going to start um, Man Monday. And what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to take... <laughs> Brady, once a month. <laughs> once a month. We were doing once a week. I'm sorry, once a week. Uh, <laughs> I recommend you don't start right before a pandemic because yeah. it'll just mess up all the rhythm. No, that's that's actually really yeah, good. That's really uh, good. Uh, good. You know, um, you, along those same lines, you know, I, I have a friend who uh, he is really good about once a month. He and his son, uh, and separately, he and his daughter, you know, have like a date, um, and they do that once a month. And I think that's really just a good connection time for a parent, um, whether um, uh, it's all um, religiously related or whether it's just time spending with a parent. I think you're creating a bond um, that will hopefully feed into a lot of these things we were talking about, you know, creating a safe space for in the future or um, creating that relationship. But um, yeah, I I think it would be really what I would love to do in the future is, is, you know, have some good, Bible time, Bible study together as a family. That's something that we don't do as a family. Yeah. Um, and I, as the leader of our house, I, I don't do a great job of that. So, um, you know, I think that would be something I would really like to strive to do. Yeah. You guys have anything to add? Um, I've, I always pray with Ellie right before she goes to bed, even though right now she doesn't understand um, what I'm doing. But hopefully that can, like, continue into – as she grows older and that can be something that she counts on every day that all right tonight we're going to pray before i go to bed and um, talk about issues so yeah i think uh the biggest thing for me is i just want to make sure that as a parent and as a father that i take ownership of the discipleship of my children um i think being in youth ministry and greg i don't have as much experience as you um, is that it? Telling me I'm old? Yeah, that was the second time in yeah, this podcast. Thanks. Appreciate you. <laughs> but um, anyways, you know, so many times you see uh, parents just drop their kids off and say, all right, the God thing, that's on you now, you know, mm-hmm. and they just expect um, you as, as part of the ministry to do the entire discipleship process. Um, so I just want to make sure that Megan and I um, really take ownership of that process. And um, at the end of the day, you know we're the ones that are responsible for making sure ellie knows the truth yeah yeah especially this uh what's been going on has really made that a glaring um obvious necessity because the youth pastors and the children's pastors can't be discipling the kids right now i'm not on a 
one-on-one basis anyways and i guess as we close today the one thing that that i want to put out there that hopefully people it'll resonate with people as we as we go through all these changes it's going to change again what we're going through right now is not going to look the same in five years Um, but what we can be sure of is that our kids when it comes to discipleship and how we're raising them they're going to to follow what we do and not what we say so living it out um, the way that you want your kids to live out as they become adults is probably if i could give any tip that's probably the only thing that i've got even though we've talked about a whole lot i think that's the most important thing is don't just talk it live it out Mm -hmm. you guys got any last minute tips before we close this out I think I heard uh, Scott volunteer to close us in prayer earlier. Oh, I did just want to point yeah. that. <laughs> I was the last one here. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. We didn't close the last one in prayer. Maybe we should have. Uh, <laughs> thanks for pointing that out, out. Totally Mr. Jesse. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this just got awkward. Uh, we're going to let you pray on your own. In case you're driving, we don't want you to close your eyes during this. So pray when you get where you're going. <laughs> And uh, give Jesse a call. He will pray with you. Here's his phone number. It's 865. No, I don't have that memorized. You don't memorized. know my number? No, I, don't oh, even, I, I barely don't. know my number. Yeah. It's it's programmed in my phone. Anyways. Yeah, thank you guys for joining us on this podcast. We will be back next week with another topic of maybe you're interested, but probably not. I'm probably going with probably not is where most people are. I wasn't at. interested. Yeah, so. I could tell as we talked through this. So again, thank you guys for joining me here tonight. Yeah. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back with you next week.